0: Monday, 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 open wide dev fans, get ready to stuff your face with JavaScript, CSS, Node modules, barbecue tips, get workflows, breakdancing, soft skills, web development, the hastiest, the craziest, the tastiest, web development treats, coming in hot, here is Wes, Barracuda, Boss, and Scott, El Toro Loco, Tolinsky. Welcome to Syntax on this Monday, hasty treat. We're going to be talking about this neat little site that Wes Boss, my awesome co-host, put together. Uh, (laughs) This is on uses.tech. So check it out if you haven't been there. Uses.tech. We're going to be doing the entire episode talking about the stack that Wes used to make this neat little site. And what this site does is it shows you uh, what different members in the tech community are using. My name is Scott Talinsky. I'm a developer from Denver, Colorado. And with me, as always, is Wes Boss.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: How's it going? Good.
1: I'm excited to talk about this uses website.
0: Yeah, uses. And if you have a site like uses that you want to make sure people get to and actually are able to access you'll want to make sure that you have some sort of error and exception handling tracking on your application For that, we use Sentry over at Sentry.io over here at Syntax. And we absolutely love Sentry. Sentry is the singular place where you can keep all of your bugs, errors, and exceptions for any type of project that you're using. You can categorize them, catalog them, and attach them to releases, as well as users and a whole bunch of other information. I absolutely love doing that. One of my favorite features about Sentry specifically is that you can uh, tag an issue is being completed and then you can be alerted if there is some sort of an issue that pops up that's the exact same issue, letting you know that there's a regression in your application and that thing that you thought you fixed, well, maybe it didn't fix it and you need to take another look. So one of my favorite features about Sentry uh, is that, uh, but you know me, I never have any regression. So, uh, you know, I hardly ever, <laughs> hardly ever use that feature, even though it's so good. <laughs> So let's get into this site. If you have not been there, head over to uses.tech. It's again, just a neat little site that Wes put together. And the first thing you want to do when you hit uses.tech is just, you know, find Scott Talinsky on there and just buy everything that I have so I can get all that Amazon referral cash. Uh, But now let's, (laughs) let's talk a little bit about this application, Wes. Uh, We know that you had put together this we as the, you know, the collective internet know that you put together a repo for stuff that people have used for a long time. You just sort of had this people could, could just add their own, you know, I added my own. Uh, I assume that was the, you know, the Genesis, the initial idea point for this. And you thought maybe it'd be cooler to be able to search and stuff for like this or, or was there something else?
1: Yeah. Well, look, like I've had like a So like what uses is you go to your any domain name, westboss.com forward slash uses, and it will display a list of things that you use. And I initially just made it because people always ask me, like, what font is that? What theme is that? What monitor is that? And I was like, I don't remember any of these these numbers. So let me just direct you to a page that has everything on it. Um, And then, I don't know, a whole bunch of other people started to use the same URL and it became sort of a thing. So I made a a repo called Awesome Uses that had a list of all of these different pages. Um, and then that list got to be like, I don't know, almost 80, uh, 90 people. And yeah. it was just like, not Big. useful. Because like who's gonna sit there and click a hundred hundred different links? So I thought like wouldn't it be cool to to be able to just collect all this information and put it on a website? So a couple people had had already taken that data and put them into different types of website. A bunch of people had the idea of people saying, like I've got a bunch of domain names I could give you. I already bought them, but I never never went through on it. But I actually went to one of our sponsors, and I said hey. Uses.tech was a premium. .tech was one of our sponsors. It's a premium one. I was like, um, as part of our upcoming sponsorship package, will you give me this domain name for free? Mm-hmm. And they said yes. So I got? I got uses.tech domain name from them, which was pretty cool. So the whole idea was just to create a data file. In our case, it's just a JavaScript array with every single person is an object and inside of that it contains a couple pieces of information their name obviously the link to their users page a couple tags uh, whether they use an iPhone or Android whether they're on Windows Mac or PC or Windows Mac or Linux <laughs> and uh, which country which country they're from as well as their their Twitter handle so just some light light data and that and then we're able to filter people based on the different tags they're on which country they are from and uh whether they are mac windows linux iphone or android and then i thought like how hard can this be just like get an array of data loop over it throw some html in the page and call it a day and i thought this would be like a four hour quick little project Uh, and i ended up doing four full days on this thing um so my idea with this the show is just to detail the the stack behind it and my thoughts behind picking the different things so First of all, the site is built on Gatsby. It is a pre-rendered site. What do you call Gatsby sites these days?
0: Static. Fast.
1: It is a blazingly fast Gatsby website. And the way that it works... Is- it
0: is very fast, though. I, I joke about that, but it, it is super fast.
1: Yeah, it is, it's It's surprisingly, it's not surprisingly because there's yeah, there's not su- a lot on it. Yeah. It's mostly just te- text <laughs> <laughs> and it's pre-rendered text, right? So it doesn't have to go out and fetch that data. It's already rendered when the user hits the page. So when all of the data lives in data.js and I did that because I didn't want to have to like make some sort of like database where people could log in and update their thing. It's just a file on GitHub and people can pull requests that if they want to change their data or remove themselves or add themselves. And then
0: what's the repo for that, by the way,
1: it's uh, github.com forward slash Westboss forward slash awesome dash uses. Cool. And I really like this because like it's a simple website, but it has a lot of different parts to it. And it's a great way to learn Gatsby, pulling in data, templating. There's some GitHub actions in there, which is the first time I've used those. Uh, which is pretty cool. Filtering, React context, it's got everything you want, but (laughs) simple, right? Like you can look at, hopefully this will be a reference for how do you do these things in probably a larger project. So Gatsby node is a file that runs during the build um, and that will populate your data in the Gatsby GraphQL API. So, So what happens is that it obviously pulls in all of the people, it loops over each person. um, And then you register that piece of data as a node in Gatsby. And then that's available via the GraphQL API. Um, And then I also do some light data aggregation. It's called stats.js that will tell me how many people are under the tag developer and how many people are from Canada, which as of time of recording, there are seven Canadians on this website, (laughs) 41 Americans. Only one from Japan, sadly. (laughs) So that's what the Gatsby node does. It pulls it in. And then I use, I go ahead and use Gatsby, use static query, which currently I I could get away with use static because there was no filtering or or anything like that. I just want to pull them all. I always want to pull them all. The query is always exactly the same. You have to use the other type of Gatsby query if you want to do it at a page level and you want to filter, although episode we're recording after this, we'll talk about some updates to that. What's next? Uh, avatars was kind of a fun thing. So I didn't want to have to have people upload a file or I didn't want to have people to put in their email address so we could use Gravatar. So I just used the Clearbit API. You ever use this, Scott?
0: I have not. I've only used Gravatar for this kind of thing. Clearbit.
1: Clearbit is this... I don't. I think they're a data mining company. Basically, mm. they've they have information on everybody, and you can mm. if you give someone's email, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll give you their name. And it's kind of a bit of a bummer, but uh, they obviously have lots of information about everybody. And one of the things they have is lo- a logo API.
0: They also have information on uh, Stripe's design system. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoa! So you can you can enter in a domain name like. Airbnb or westboss.com, and it will return to you a picture, either a logo or an avatar for that person. And that that worked for about 90, 95% of the use cases. Um, and people who didn't have an avatar just have to put an open graph meta tag on their page. Now, there's a pull request in for this new service called Unavatar. You ever heard of this? <laughs> I have
0: not heard of this. You were turning Man, into neither. a uh, late night show host here. <laughs>
1: Get this. Um so Unavatar <laughs> is a free service. It's hosted on now.sh and you can pull someone's avatar based on uh, just a username. It doesn't matter where just or from username. email huh. or from a domain name or specifically from GitHub, Gravatar, Instagram, Twitter. It's so cool. So like it covers everything for you where it'll try to do it from here and the, if not it'll try to get it from there and um I think this is really cool.
0: For ever and ever, it was like Gravatar is the option. Like that's it. Yeah. Or do and roll like this, your own. Yeah. This
1: uses Gravatar under the hood, and if someone doesn't have a Gravatar, maybe it'll try their Twitter account. And if someone doesn't mm. have a Twitter account, it'll try. Uh, it'll actually use Clearbit underneath the hood, mm. um, and it's open source, so you can host your own, which is cool. So I'm we're gonna move to this, which is which is cool. The one thing it doesn't do is it doesn't resize images for you. So there's another service called webserve.nl that will resize it on the fly. I'm not sure I would uh, trust this with any sensitive information, but for <laughs> the purposes of resizing Avatar, it seems to work just fine.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What else we got here? Filtering. So um, obviously you can click on one of the tags and it will filter a list. The way that that works is you click on a tag and it will set the current tag or the current country or the current device and then it will just take the array of people and, and filter it down with a array.filter. Yeah. Um, and then it will just, that will trigger a re-render in React and it will render it on the page. So that's that's pretty simple. Um, the kind of interesting thing about that is um, if you click on like the, the tag CSS, it will highlight that in the profile for each person that you're currently filtering for CSS. And that had to use React Context because information about what is the current tag exists in two totally unrelated sibling components. So what do you do there? You got to put it in context. And I had never used context in Gatsby before, which is pretty cool.
0: Well, it wasn't any different, was it? I mean, you just had to uh, wrap the page essentially or. That, that was it. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was the part that I probably could have got away with just wrapping my layout since it's only a single page website. But sure. the proper way to do it is to put it in Gatsby browser. And then I also needed to put it into Gatsby SSR so that it would render context on the server.
0: Yeah, that's how we do it in, in my course. The uh, Oh, yeah. Gatsby course. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: One kind of cool thing about that is I use the ES modules import and export immediately. Have you ever done that? That's the first time I've ever had to do that.
0: Immediately.
1: Yeah. So you let me let me find the code for it real quick. No, I
0: haven't done that. We learned a lot here today.
1: I know. There's just like, it's such a silly little website, but I learned. <laughs> I learned a lot of <laughs> like little things just building this thing. So the syntax export wrap root element from Gatsby browser. What that does is because I needed to wrap this context, both in Gatsby browser and in Gatsby SSR, I didn't want to duplicate that code. So the the solution to that is you import it from the one module and then you just export it from the, the server-side rendered. And there's the, there's a syntax in JavaScript that will allow you to export and import something in, in one go, which I thought mm. was pretty nifty. Uh, I use this cool package called country emoji. So one of the things that is required is you have to put your country in as an emoji, not as like a country code or something like that. And, but then when you hover over top of the flag, I, I want it to show you as a tooltip what country that is, right? Yeah, and I yeah. found out there's no way to get a description of an emoji or of a Unicode mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. in JavaScript. Um, so I use this cool little package called country emoji where you can give it a string of a country, a country code or an emoji, and it will return to you the name or the emoji or the country code depending on, on what you want. So super handy little little package there.
0: Yeah, uh, by the way, I should say I'm now seeing where you had posted the syntax for the immediately export. Yeah. I have used this. I use this in my, like my index.js files that I use when I create Uh. internal modules where you export asterisks from whatever immediately. I thought you were talking about there was some sort of immediately keyword. I've never (laughs) heard of it in my entire life. I was like, oh, immediately, huh? That makes sense
1: that you, if you've got like a folder full of, things and then you want your index of that folder to be importable then you can just import everything into your index and immediately export is that what you're doing
0: yeah so and essentially if you want to say let me grab every single named export from a file and just have that be included in the index yeah the syntax is basically export asterisk from then the file yeah
1: oh so anytime you add an export to one of those files you don't have to open up the index.js again
0: Correct. And, yeah. The uh, only time you uh, have to modify the index is when you add a new file to be included into that.
1: That is super handy. I had not thought about that before.
0: I use that for all of my like elements for styled components. I use that in my hooks folder. I use that in my utilities folder, my global state folder. I use it a lot.
1: And that way, having an index, you can just import it from the folder, right?
0: Yeah. And get this with Babel aliases or even typescript aliases yeah you can now just say import grid from elements and it's almost as if elements is a package even though it's just a index on a directory it's very fancy
1: oh yeah we should say that that is not part of ECMA ecmascript that's part of webpack or or yeah. parcel or something like that or which-
0: meteor yeah
1: yeah, it would be really cool if that was like part of the official spec. The official spec doesn't even inc- it doesn't even support leaving the .js
0: off mm-hmm. of the file. Yeah, no, it's all it's all Babel, Babel taking yeah, care of the it.
1: Node lookup,
0: my homie Babel.
1: GitHub Actions, one thing I used here. Um, actually, I did sorry, I didn't code any of these. I let me give a shout out to the user who actually did it. Is I am Andrew Luca helped out huge on this um, because I, I had just like put a little issue in there to let myself know. Oh, I'd like to to dive into GitHub Actions at some point and figure out one when people submit a pull request, they were submitting like incomplete data, like nobody read the instructions. So they were like, instead of doing a country emoji, they were writing the name of their country or uh, instead of just, you're only allowed to put iPhone or Android. Mm -hmm. And then like people were typing like iPhone, but sometimes I switch to Android and it's a (laughs) OnePlus and it's pretty good. And I put a D skin on it and like, no, (laughs) that's not what it is. (laughs) You know? So uh, we, (laughs) (laughs) we introduced these um, like data validation essentially. So when you have a pull request, it will block the pull request or it'll fail it if, you do not meet any of the the things that we want. So we said, OK, um, your country flag must be one of these countries. Right. And your your device must either say iPhone or Android. It can't say Apple iPhone or and then it will fail. Um, and I use this package called Joy, J-O-I. You ever used this, Scott?
0: Um, no, I haven't. There's too many gosh darn packages. Yeah. What am I going to do with all these packages?
1: I had never heard of this before. So it's a schema description language. So essentially we, I just took the person object and I described similar to how you would write like a type in TypeScript, Uh, but you describe sort of the validation steps for every single one and you needed to make sure that their URL had the word use or uses Mm -hmm. or, or get, we allowed GitHub Gist as well in it. We needed to make sure that, uh, I don't know, there's a couple. Basically, just validated all the data that the person pull requested.
0: This was a made for happy, right? Yeah. Joy, happy. Okay. I was going to say, it's the only one I can find.
1: Which is like an express alternative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it stands alone, so you can use it for, you can use it with anything.
0: The joy stands alone.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're also, Hugo... Uh, Hugo DF on GitHub submitted a pull request to check if people actually had a page. So we had like 40 people submit their URL that they didn't even have a user's page. They just <laughs> added themselves. So they were like 404ing. Oh. So uh, he wrote a script that would ping all the URLs and then block it if if it was down and then take them, take them out, right? Oh, geez,
0: man. People are resourceful.
1: I know. It's like, you think like, oh, it's simple. You just get a, an array of people and loop over it. And then there's all this like extra steps that, of stuff that needed to be added to it. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the one GitHub action. And the other GitHub action was, um, so this started as just an awesome list. It was just a readme with a list of people. And I wanted to maintain that list. So this new GitHub action will auto-generate the readme list every single pull request. So you don't have to manually add yourself to the README if you want to be part of so just the text cool. list. Yeah. Like and it like go on this repo and, and look at the code. I have been, you can yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's really simple. You can use git as well as node.js in it. It's pretty cool.
0: So uh one thing that I really enjoyed here was your animated favicon. Yes. <laughs> so
1: uh if you go to the thing, the favicon just says forward slash uses emoji poop. And it just like every 500 milliseconds, it changes the current letter. And that I thought would be just a funny joke because it would be simple. It'd be fun to do. And ended up taking me like four hours because the way that it works is that every 500 milliseconds, I write a letter to a canvas and then export the canvas to a base 64 <laughs> image and then dump that into the head of the, the, the document. And it turns out doing set interval as well as having like a like a side effect. A side effect is I'm literally updating the the head of the document, right? Yeah, yeah. Turns out doing that in React hooks, well, it's not hard, but I had never done it before. Um and Dan Abramov has this huge post explaining how to do intervals
0: with mm, Yeah, React that was hooks. a really good post. Definitely. Yeah. We should link so that. So, I
1: read that whole thing and I learned a lot about about that as well. I learned that you can write emojis to a canvas and then export them, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, the whole thing is done in in style components, which is it's good. Um, actually, I, I initially just wrote it in a CSS file, and then somebody else pull requested and moving it over because it was one of my like to do things. I'm using that ESM package we talked about for doing because the sort of a bummer about Gatsby is that the Gatsby node and the Gatsby SSR has to be done in require common JS syntax. Mm-hmm. And then the Gatsby browser stuff has to be done in in ESM syntax. And then that doesn't allow you to share um, wrapped components between your browser and your server-side rendered one, which sucks. So I, I just used Gatsby ESM, sorry, not Gatsby, it's just ESM package. And then I'm totally using ES modules all across the board um there's a pull request in for agolia search i don't know people are are like we should add voting in search and some someone's like we should standardize it into like a like a json where like everyone can can like structure their data and then you can search based on like what monitor people have and like i'm like okay this was supposed to be
0: Uh, Me looping over an array. yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I don't know. People want to take it a little further. I'm sort of stepping back uh, and and letting some people uh, work on some some fun stuff and uh, and whatnot. So maybe we'll have search on it. And then finally, it's hosted on Netlify. So this is kind of like the NASCAR. We're using all our sponsors.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that just goes to show you that, like, you know, the people that we have as sponsors on this show are there because we use and enjoy their yeah. their material yeah. and and given the total freedom to pick a stack you still picked our sponsors <laughs> you know yeah, that that says something
1: <laughs> yeah that that's a that's a really good point so it's it's all hooked up every time there's a pull request it will run the github actions it'll populate the readme it'll deploy to netlify i'm using netlify analytics on here which mm-hmm, is a paid mm-hmm, feature mm-hmm. but there's no like google analytics on here but i can see right now there's been 20,000 Unique visitors, thirty thousand page views.
0: I'm really keen on dumping Google Analytics entirely. Yeah, I feel like it just just creates extra that I don't really need, and how like I don't really look at Google Analytics that much. I don't look at it for you know what it's. I don't know the the extra requests. Even though they're at the end here, I don't know. I just don't use it enough to to have it. Yeah,
1: like the actual features, I, I only use. Like who, where are the people coming from? Maybe countries. It doesn't look like you can get countries or browser info on Netlify analytics. It just gives you probably the most of the stuff that you want is how many people are visiting, how many yep. unique people, where are they coming from? And that's their sources. Yeah. 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 It's pretty neat. So that is the uses.tech uses. I should make a website detailing everything I said in this, this, uh, podcast but i don't know it's kind of interesting if you want to check it out learn a few things from it or not um it's at github.com forward slash westboss forward slash awesome dash uses
0: do it yeah really great
1: cool all right anything else to add there are you done
0: i'm done i'm done beautiful with the the episode <laughs> about your project done
1: <laughs> beautiful all right thanks for tuning in we'll catch you on wednesday peace peace
0: head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.